Okay, here I am, Mike Pearl, and I'm at the door. Thank you, thank you. I'm at the door, and we're going to answer your questions tonight. Uh, here is another one. This is from one of our readers, watchers, listeners, way out there in TV land, wherever you are. In Luke 21, when Jesus is talking about the end times, it seems to me that part of his prophecy has already been fulfilled with the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. Although after reading the same reference in Matthew 24 and Mark 13, which are a bit different than the Luke 21 reference, I'm not so sure. I've heard conflicting viewpoints and was wondering what your view on this passage is. John, if you've heard conflicting viewpoints, it's because you've been exposed to a cult known as Reformed religion or Calvinism. And they're always going to take the position that there's no tribulation, no millennium, that uh, there's just one big bang at the end and everybody goes into judgment. And so the way they arrive at that is by allegorizing the passages instead of dealing with them in a literal sense. So if you look up uh, online, for instance, uh, these passages, uh, there's plenty of information you can find on the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet in Matthew and uh, Luke. If you look it up, you will find uh, Calvinists are, are quick to get out front there and do a lot of talking before they give you the answer, a lot of beating around the bush uh, before they tell you that, uh, uh, that that did occur in 78 AD and will never occur again. Now, we, I don't have time to go back to the book of Daniel where this started, but uh, you could go back there if you want to and read in Daniel chapter 9, and you'll read about how Jesus, uh, da God through Daniel prophesied that there would come a point in the future when the man of sin would come in and set up an abomination that makes desolate the temple. Now, Antiochus Epiphanes in about 167 B.C. invaded Jerusalem and destroyed the city. And at that time, he took over the temple and killed a pig and offered the pig's blood in sacrifice on the altar. Now, what that did was desecrate the temple. It was an abomination that made desolate the temple. Now, the only thing is this passage that Jesus speaks here is several hundred years after, 300 years after that event, 200 years after that event. And being 200 years after that event, he is predicting it yet future. So therefore, the, the event that took place under Antiochus Epiphanes is only a foreshadowing, a picture of what's going to happen. Now, it's going, it, it actually is going to, happen in part twice more. One time it'll happen again in 70 AD like it did in 167, and then again it'll happen during the tribulation. Now, the one in 70 AD, there was no abomination that makes desolate. That didn't happen. The temple was destroyed and it was burnt to the ground, uh, accidentally burnt. The, the, uh, Rome commanded them not to burn it. But what happened was it, it caught on fire in the siege and it melted all the gold in the temple and it ran down into the stones and into the hot stones it ran into the cracks. And so Jesus had predicted not one stone would be left standing on another. So the Roman soldiers in the coming days 
trying to get that gold, dug up all the stones, pushed them over, and looked for the gold that had run into the cracks. So they completely leveled and destroyed the temple and threw the stones down off the side. That's the only two times in the history of the world that ever took place, and God predicted both times that that would happen through the prophets years, hundreds of years beforehand. And so it happened just as he predicted it would. But that was not the abomination because there was no sacrifices of pig's blood placed on the altar. Now, as we read this Luke 21, uh, you can see in, in Mark 13, it's a lengthy passage, but if you don't understand it, we've got to read the text. You, you can understand why people would be confused uh, if, if they don't know the broader history of abomination. Let's read it here, Luke 21, 5. And as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts. In other words, it was a magnificent place, something that the locals bragged about. He said, as for these things which ye behold, the days will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now Jesus is saying this in about 33 A.D., in 70 A.D., that is going to happen right there, what he's just predicting. And they ask him, saying, Master, when shall these things be? Now, these things is in reference to the temple being destroyed, the stone cast down. And what shall be, when shall these things be? And what sign shall there be that these things shall come to pass? So they've asked two questions. When will it happen and what's the signs that are going to happen? And he said, take heed that no man, that take heed you be not deceived. So in other words, there's danger in being deceived. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. So he said many, they're thinking in terms of maybe a year from now this is going to happen or 10 years at the most, uh, uh, 70 A.D., Within 35 years, it's going to happen. And he's saying, no, many, many will come in my name, saying, I'm Christ, deceive many. And we, when you'll hear of wars and commotions, plural wars, be not terrified. All these things must first come to fat pass, but the end is not yet. So they're anticipating the end, when the end will come. And he said, lots of things are going to happen, lots of wars, then said that unto him, nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines and pestilences, plural, and fearful sights, plural, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these things, they shall lay their hands on you. So he's, he's reached out into the long distant future and said, all these things are going to happen, but before these things happen. So time-wise, look where he's at now. He's dropped back. So he's not limiting his answer like I often do. You ask me a simple question, I'll give you an answer that answers your question and six others because I feel like I need to put your question in context of the whole picture. So a lot of people stop asking me questions for that reason. <laughs> so, but I just, the only way you're going to understand it is look at the whole picture. So Jesus understands that this, this is a multi-generational event that's taking place. And so he wants them to see it from uh, his perspective. Before all these things, 
They shall lay their hands on you and persecute you and deliver you up to the synagogues and into prisons being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Now that's all that'll happen. The last one will be killed in about 95 to 100 AD. So of the ones he's speaking to. Others will die around 70 AD and 80 AD, stuff like that. So he's predicting something to take place before those final events. And it shall turn to you for testimony. Settle therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I'll say, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or resist. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolks and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated for all men for my name's sake. But there shall not be a hair of your head perish. In other words, you'll die with all your hair and you'll go to heaven with you. And your, in your patience possess ye your souls. And when, now they ask when, when that event of Jerusalem would take place. Do you remember that? So he's going back to that when. When ye therefore shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. You following the, the sequence of events? Then let them which are in Judea flee into the mountains. Let them which are in the midst of the, depart out. And uh, let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and them that give suck in those days. For there shall be, a, shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So what he's describing here has gone back to when the temple would be destroyed. And it is followed by, followed by people being, the Jews being scattered to all the nations, coming under the sword, and then a period of time when Jerusalem is trodden down of the Gentiles. This means it's got Gentiles walking all over it. Now, I went and walked all over Jerusalem one time. There was Arabs walking all over Jerusalem one time. Scottish, there was Germans, French. The place was full of Gentiles walking here and there, going everywhere in the city, just as he said here. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon. This did not happen in 70 AD. And in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations and perplexity. Excuse me, I, let me con contextualize that. Jerusalem shall be trodden down to the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So that thing that takes place in 70 AD, not the abomination that makes desolate, the thing that takes place in 70 AD, when the temple is burnt by the Romans and destroyed, is followed by a long period of time when the city is trodden down of Gentiles. And it's, it continues like that until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Which if you know your Bible, you know that church age that we live in right now is the times of the Gentiles. Been going on for 2,000 years. And the times the Gentiles are fulfilled, the rapture takes place. The saints are taken out and then the time of the Jews comes back again and the tension's back on the temple again. He's giving you a time frame of when this is taking place by 
relating it to the times of the Gentiles. Uh, and there, this is when the time, after the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled, there shall be signs in the sun, that's during the tribulation, in the moon, in the stars, upon the earth, distress of nations, perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking on those things which are coming on the earth. And that's what the seals, the seven seals, the trumpets, the vials, and revelation. For the power of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. When these things begin to come to pass, so it is a long process, which he's already delineated. When it begins to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Uh, <laughs> I feel like maybe I've run off and left you, but I hope not. If I have, go back and get your Bibles, look through that, mark then, and mark the, 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 the statements that speak of a time frame, and work that out. Now let's keep reading. And he spake unto them a parable and said, The fig tree, the trees, all the trees shoot forth their leaves. You know, summer is nigh. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, you know the kingdom of God is not at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. What generation? Those that see these things begin to come to pass. That generation will not pass. In other words, those things, the stars, the distress in nations, those events that are there in the tribulation, they will happen within the lifetime of one person. So whoever is alive to see those things begin to come to pass, look up your redemption draws nigh. It will take place in your lifetime. Uh, when you see these things come to pass, you know that the kingdom of God is not at hand. I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away. My words shall not pass away. So we read in the book of Revelation of a time when the temple is going to be rebuilt or tabernacle, whichever. It's going to be rebuilt and sacrifices will once again be offered. At that time, during the beginning of the tribulation, after the church has been raptured out, that's probably when the temple will actually begin to be rebuilt. After three and a half years, it will be completed and there'll be sacrifices being offered in Jerusalem. Church is gone, gone into heaven. Antichrist will come in and desecrate the temple, sit on the throne in the temple, showing himself that he's God in the book of Revelation, claiming to be deity and demanding that everyone worship him issuing a mark, a number, or a name to be each person to sport as a statement of their affinity with his kingdom. And those that don't get the mark, the number, or the name printed on them will have their heads cut off, not be allowed to buy or sell and have their heads cut off. Be an, be an economic crime to not have the number. Economic crime. So it'll have to do with the transfer of funds and money and stuff, the mark, the symbol that'll be given out at that time. So Antichrist will offer sacrifices, maybe of a pig, maybe of humans, maybe of babies, inside the temple on the altar and desecrate it. He said, when that happens, flee the city. Now, if you're a Bible student, you know that many prophecies in the Bible have dual fulfillment. It's just as common as sand on the seashore. 
a prophecy will have a short-term fulfillment and a long-term fulfillment. Sometimes it has three fulfillments. The first two are like um, pictures, like preparation, and then finally the great fulfillment in the end days. And so it is with this abomination that makes desolate the destruction of the temple. It had a fulfillment, Daniel predicted it, then it had a fulfillment in 167, something almost happened in 70 AD, and the thing that happened in 167 will take place again. He says there, and he closes that out, whosoever reads, let him understand. Uh, look, you could look in Mark 13, and I'll tell you what, I'm not even going to read that. I think we've covered it enough. Yeah, it's it's even longer passage, so it's pretty much the entire chapter there in Mark. So you can read that. So I think that's sufficient. I, I know I haven't been thorough, but you can't be thorough. It'd take about three one-hour lessons going back in Daniel and going through the whole thing. But I have a chart I made on the book of Revelation. It's got a lot of that stuff in it and a little booklet that goes with it. And um, then we have a, uh, a fold-out book. Uh, uh, no, I'll tell you, another question someone asked me is, do, do you, have you read Clarence Larkin's Dispensational Truth? Do you agree with everything in it? That's a trick question. No, I don't agree with everything in it. Thank you. All right, that's the end of that one.